0: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: All right, excuse me, Christ is the groom. The church is known as the bride. All right, stay with me. You've got Christ as the groom although it doesn't refer to him necessarily as groom, but we are his bride. It does refer to that. We are the bride of Christ. That means that we belong to him. When I trusted Christ as Savior, he bought and paid me. He brought me into his forever relationship. I am his bride for life, for eternity. I am his bride. And when I think about that, I think about relationships that we have with our brides. We have a a couple that said their vows again this week, how they made that commitment to one another. In Texas, we have a phrase... If you don't like my wife, you ain't going to like me. I kind of like that phrase. I might pick on Carol a little bit, and I shouldn't, but I might. But nobody picks on Carol. I remember even one of our sons was getting a little frisky. And uh, after a while, you know, you try to you know curb that friskiness, and it doesn't happen. He's kind of picking on his mama. So finally, I had to come up to him and put my arm around him, squeeze him a little tight so we knew this was a different kind of a come-to-Jesus meeting. And I said, I won't mention his name. I said, I know you're having a rough time with mom right now, but I want you to remember one thing, son. She's not just your mother. She's my wife. I'm going to tell you that worked like a magic wand. He melted right then. He forgot that Kara belongs to me. In a sense. And we belong to God. And how special we are. We're a part of a divine community. Let's go to number two. Because it really gets good at this point. The church is a local community. Often when I talk to people now about coming to become a part of a church, they struggle with the idea of saying, I don't really believe in, the, in a local church that you join. I do believe in local churches, but I don't necessarily believe in a local church that you join. Well, let's look at the Bible verse here. It says, To the church of God, which is at Corinth... Circle the phrase, at Corinth. When God created the church, he gave it an address. He didn't say the church in general. He said the church at Corinth, indicating that there's another kind of church at Philippi, another kind of church at Ephesus, another kind of church in Honolulu. So they all have what we might call an address. So he called it by a name. It's not an invisible church. Some people say, I'm a believer in Christ, I'm a part of the invisible church, meaning that it's universal. It doesn't have an address. These are believers made up of uh, people that are believers all over the world. I'm part of the invisible church. And to that, I say that's true. But at the same time, we need to be a part of a local church. It needs to have an address. If you're a part of the invisible church, then you give an invisible check to them. And when you go to the hospital, who comes and visits you? An invisible pastor? I don't know how that works. So you do want to have not only the invisible church, you need to have something visible. Now visible is important too because when you now say, I am a part of this faith family, it's more than showing up when you want to show up and not showing up when you want to show up because then you become a guest. You might be called in in a street language a visitor, although we don't refer to them as that, you're a guest. But those that are part of the family say, I want to be a part of this family, you can count on me, how can I help? It also gives us what we call accountability. God wants us not only to have faith, he wants to see our faith. He not only wants us to say we're committed, he wants us to prove that we're committed to each other, that we're willing to stand up and be counted for. So there's that localness that we need to have. Now That doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. By no means. I'm not perfect. When Carol looked at me and she saw me and we got married together, she loved me, she cared for me, she knew that I had flaws, I'm so glad that at the same time, though she saw that I had flaws when we were together 40 years ago, that I didn't stay that same flawed, filled fellow back then. That Carol and her grace and mercy and kindness and prayers and words of encouragement and correction, that together I became a more spiritual individual over the last 40 years. And should I last another 20 years of our marriage, I pray that I am more godly, more mature, more wise... 20 years from now that I am right now. But she didn't leave me because there was flaws. She stayed with me because she loved me. And so we look at each other here. We're not a perfect church. We have a perfect God. And we look at each other and we're going to give each other all the time necessary for God to help us to grow. And to become strong. Because it's in a healthy environment of grace and mercy that we will grow. I tell pastors and I could tell our pastors this although they have this. Our church is a great church. We're not a perfect church, but we're going to grace this church. And I can look at you and say, we pastors are really pretty good guys. Humbly I say that, but we're not perfect. And all we ask for you is that you'd give us some grace. And together we're going to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord. That's a local church. That's when you have sandpaper people that came in carrying their baggage. We smooth out the sandpaper, we unpack that baggage, and we grow for God. That's the Corinthian church. We all hear about how bad they were in 1 Corinthians, but you need to read 2 Corinthians where he commended them because they responded on his rebuke and then he became a great church. Let's look at number 3. Besides just being a divine community, a local community, it became a unique community. Notice what it says here. It says, To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. And I put there in brackets the term holy there, because some of you are coming from a Roman Catholic background. And when you read that in the Bible, you start thinking about the Roman Catholic culture that's out there, that if a person meets certain qualifications that happen to be a really great man or woman of God, then they become what they called sainted, or they they go into sainthood. And all of us have been following the saga of what the Roman Catholic Church is choosing to do with a priest by the name of Damien, Father Damien. And so now he will be Saint Damien. And so that to me, I'm, I'm nervous because people will have a skewed view of what it means to be a saint. Actually, Bible clearly teaches, there's no question about it. It's not difficult to refute that kind of thinking that's out there in the religious world. Scripture says, if you've trusted Christ as Savior, you were brought into God's forever family. You were then made pure and holy before God. And that's why we put the word holy there. The word saint really means holy. Now some of you look at each other and say, my goodness, they're not very holy over there. Well then you know what? Someone's looking at you and they're saying you're not very holy either. That's all right. It's part of the program of becoming more holy. So a saint here is someone who's trusted Christ as Savior. They're instantly, one time, looked upon by God as being holy. Now, the rest of our life, we are to live into that holiness. Let me use this. This is so cool. This is so cool. Watch this very carefully. We're going to let my Bible represent Christ. Okay? Let me pick out another piece of paper here. This one right here so you can see it. See this right here? This is going to represent you and me. Okay? Unsaved you and me. Now, because I'm here... And this represents me, and I'm a sinner. I'm going to make this really dirty and a real bad sinner here. This is me. You say, well, you don't have to try that hard. you're, You're already a sinner, Pastor. I know, but I'm a sinner. If I stood before God in my righteousness like this, God's going to look at that and say, you're a sinner, you're going to go to hell. So religions will tell me, you're right, you're a sinner, so what you need to do now is clean yourself up. Get baptized. Join a church. Stop doing this. Start doing that. Clean yourself up. And God says, hmm, I see now you're much better than you were before, Stan. So therefore, you still have to go to hell. You still can't go to heaven. Because it's not based on your goodness. All I see is the very best that you have. And the Bible says that's like a filthy rag. And he says even your best is not good. So now we have Christ. Now I don't have to clean Christ up because he's already absolutely perfect. Because he is God in the flesh. Perfect. Now, when I trust in Christ, I believe who He is, that He is the Son of God, God in the flesh, who died and rose again. I now place, watch this, I place my faith in Christ. Now, I place my faith in Him, I have eternal life. Now, when I die, God looks at me and He says, You know what? I see my Son. I see that He has given His righteousness to you. You are wrapped up in Christ's perfection. So I am holy the moment I trust in Christ. Now, that's the first part of it. The second part of it, though, is that now that I am holy, this verse says, called to be saints. Or we could say, called to be holy. So because I'm holy now, if ever before, I now have the power, the potential to become more holy. I can now live a life where God is now living that life out through me. So yes, it's true. Carol is going to look at me, and she's going to see somewhat perfection. I love this guy. I see whom he's trying to become. But I also know he's going to become more than what he is even today. That's what love is all about. That's when you say, I want to be a part of a divine faith family. I want to be a part of a local group for accountability and for people to help grow me, mature me, correct me, teach me, be with me when I go through struggles, go on the journey with me. But I also want to be a part of a unique community, a community that says, I am in Christ now. And that I can never lose that relationship. And now I need to be holy. I need to strengthen myself. I need to learn how to study the Bible. I need to live the exchange life with Christ. I need to have a life that's pleasing unto Him. Why? Because the closer I am to the Lord, the stronger essentially I'll be to help other people that are on the journey with me. So it's one hand washing the other hand. And now we end with the fourth one, and that is what we're going to call the universal family. We talked a little bit about that, but I wanted you to see it in a very special way here. This is the universal family here. All right. The universal family... Says this, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. Would you circle the phrase, all are one in Christ Jesus? All are one in Christ Jesus. I put another verse in there for you. It says, the writer of Hebrews says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and again, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want you to listen to me on this because we bring this to a close. And I'm going to show you a a couple of slides here. I'm going to have you get ready for this, Randy, because I want to take them back to a friend that some of you might have seen on Taster's Choice. But listen to this very carefully, especially you that are new. When we talk about being a part of God's universal family, a universal family is not made up of people who have joined necessarily a local church. You do not join the church. Universal. You are born into the church universal. You're not born into the church universal because your mama was born in the church universal. You were born again into God's forever family and that means you a part of the universal church of God. Now, how did you get to be a part of that? First, you have to recognize that God is all God. He is the only God. You must recognize that Jesus Christ is all God and he is born of a virgin, died and rose again from the dead paid the sin debt. You believe that the Holy Spirit is God. He's the one who convicts you and seals you forever. You must believe that the, that the scriptures are in error, accurate, completely and completely sufficient, which means we do not need any more writing or any more words from another human being. Everything we need to know about God is already recorded in God's inerrant word. And finally... Knowing all those truths, we need to know that going to heaven is not by any good works that gets us to heaven, and going to heaven is not by believing in Jesus Christ and doing good works that gets us to heaven. It is only by trusting Christ. Now, once we believe that, then we're believing the Christ of the Bible because He is God. We know that He is the Christ's salvation by faith because it's found in Scripture. I trust in that. Watch this now. I step over the line into God's universal church. Now, once I'm in that universal church, I came into it because I'm now in Christ. Once I am in Christ, the next thing I need to do is to identify with a local body of believers so I can be taught God's word, so I can have fellowship with one another, so I can learn how to reach other people for Christ, so I can worship Him authentically and genuinely. And so I'm coming to be a part of a church to grow together and to help others to grow, to be all a part of that network, the local church. And I want to do that because the church concept, universal and local, is all about God. And we need to keep that in mind. And I'll tell you, being a part of a local church is so encouraging. You're going to see a, a picture up here about a guy that some of you have seen. Would you click it back to the guy from T- uh, Taster's Choice? How many of you drink coffee here? Anybody drink coffee? Okay, some of you drink coffee. This is Taster's Choice. It's what you might want to call an um, instant coffee. It's interesting about this picture because see that guy up there? Some of you remember years ago, he would be the guy that would come up to the taster and he would smell and go, Mmm, it smells so good. You know that, what happened with that? He was, in, he, he was a model, a little actor model. And they gave him um, $150 to be this model. And they said, If we ever would use your picture on a jar or any of our advertisement, we would give you $1,500. 15 years go by. I guess he never drank coffee. His parents never drank coffee. Family never drank coffee. But he was in the grocery store and he walked by Taster's Choice and he said, whoa, that's my picture. And he remembered that they never gave him his $1,500. All he got was $150. So he did what all good Americans do. He called his attorney. You know? And he said, listen, look at look, that. And so they awarded him. It should happen to us. $15.8 million dollars. All right. Now why am I telling you that story? The fact of the matter is God takes you and he puts you into his body, into his forever family. And you might not ever recognize yourself as growing or being the kind of person that you are. But I have to tell you that as you continue to apply God's word to your life and you do it for the glory of God, you become more visible and even, in a sense even more like Christ. We need the body of Christ and I want to close with this illustration. Up on the screen you're going to see a great... Baseball player We're coming into the World Series period of time. And if you'll click it up there. Anybody recognize who that guy is? Who is he? Who is he? Jackie Robinson. Okay. What you don't see or what you can't see very clearly is that he has his arm around a guy over here. Because these two guys, the statue on the right, is a guy named Pee Wee Reese. Some of you older baseball guys know who I'm talking about. And you see him down here. Let me tell you the story of what happened and why we need the church. And an illustration very similar to this. This happened at Ebbets Field many, many years ago. Jackie Robinson happened to be a, a, a black player. It was at a time that the, uh, the uh, African Americans weren't involved in baseball very much at all. They were kind of on the outside. But he got a chance to begin playing. But one particular day at a very important game, the ball was hit to him and unfortunately he dropped it for an error. He carried the weight of America's prejudice against black people so heavily that the crowds erupted in the most horrific booing and cursing and mocking him for being black because he dropped that ball. And you could talk about some fans, it's not much different than it is today. But Pee Wee Reese came from his part of the field and he walked over to Jackie Robinson. And he put his arm around Jackie Robinson and pulled him close to himself. And then he stared up into the stands as he held him, and there was this hush all of a sudden. And then a few people started to clap, and others started to clap. I don't think it was so much for Jackie Robinson, but it was because Pee Wee Reese was able to take a stand publicly for this black man. It was such a profound effect that Jackie Robinson later on wrote and spoke that the defining moment in his life as a human being, when he felt like he was really representing the black race out there playing baseball, and all world came crashing down against him, that one man was willing to go public to wrap the arm around him and encourage him. So what you see on the left-hand side looks like a picture. It's a picture, but of a statue that was put out for all to see. How that one person who at one time was crushed and broken for a moment, another human being, even in the face of prejudice, would be willing to stand with him to encourage him. And so now you have the full picture of what went on. And I'm saying this to you, us as a church. It's not so much us church against that mean, wicked world out there. And so we have an us and them mentality. So we cocoon over here and we throw our rocks at the world over there. I know we need to live separate from the world. But God also says that here we are sometimes as Christians all alone. We feel like the world is against us. All the late night comedians. All those talk show hosts out there that are liberal that speak against the church. They mock us on television. They mock us in the movies. They mock us wherever we go. Instead of us being us against them... Our attitude is, no, 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 no. It's us for them. We are here given by God to help them come to faith alone in Christ. They need us. They need our gospel. They need Christ. And so as we come together, when we do at times feel like we're all alone. Listen, listen, listen. That's why we come to church. That's why we come to conferences. That's why we come to celebrate. So at those times in our life when we feel like we're all alone at work, we're all alone in our family, we come to faith and our family doesn't. We feel all alone in our neighborhood. We feel all alone on the island. Nobody understands us as a Christian. You are not alone. This room is filled with people that will put their arm around you when you feel alone. We're not perfect. I apologize for those of you that I don't say hello to or I didn't call or I didn't say the right thing or I, I said the wrong thing to you, which I'm mostly known for. I want you to know I care for you, but this church is going to be like that. So I'm not correcting a problem, but I would like to be like Pee Wee Reese and wrap my arm around every one of you and you wrap your arms around me. So as we go to work tomorrow, we go to work stronger because we are a part of a built community for God. When you go to your family reunion in Luau and you talk story, you're not alone out there. We know what you feel and what you go through. You teenagers, when you go to school, whatever it might be, and you feel like you're all alone, you're not all alone. There's a group of kids in this church that knows what you're going through and they love you. Let's pray. We went long today because of all the announcement, but this message will live for eternity. Would you maybe right now between you and the Lord in your own heart, ask yourself, Am I a part of a forever community, a forever faith family? And you can be. It's not something you join, it's something you believe and get into by faith. It's only your faith in Christ that gives you that eternal faith family. So would you simply say this to the Lord Lord, I, I'm, I'm one of those on the outside, but I want to be a part of a redeemed community. I want to be a part of a group of people that together that wants to make a difference. I want to have new brothers and sisters in Christ that really know what I go through as a Christian, sometimes feeling alone. I want help with my wife, my husband, my kids, my parents. I want help with my life. And I want to be around people that know you and know your book. And so, Lord, I'm coming to you as a broken human being knowing that you will put me back together. Yea, you will make me all new. Now you come to Christ not by works, you don't come to him by faith and works, you come to him truly by faith alone. Jesus right now wants you to be in his forever family. He wants to be more than just your God. He wants to be your father. A loving, benevolent, caring, compassionate, compelling father. He will make you new. You will be born again by Him, not something you do. But you have to go to Him by faith and say, Lord, I'm yielded to you right now. If you're doing that, I'd like to pray for you so with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, is there anyone by an uplifted hand would say, Pastor, I right now am trusting Christ as my forever Savior. He is now my Father. And I want to thank the Lord for giving to me eternal life. Forgiveness, grace, mercy forever. Would you slip up your hand you won't have to come forward, won't embarrass you just want to know if you're trusting Christ today in here. Would you slip up your hand silently that's telling me you're trusting Christ to take you to heaven. Is there anything? Put it up, put it down let me see it, let me see it. God bless you and you yep, thank you. Those of you that did that if you want, slip it on the card let me know. The rest of you in here maybe here's something you might do Will you take home this principle of maybe becoming a member of God's divine community and place your faith in Christ as soon as you can, if it's not here today but soon? Will you become a member of God's local community by making some type of a commitment to it? Let us know that you're going to say, at least while I'm on island, maybe it's a week, maybe it's a month, maybe my business only keeps me here for a year, or the military keeps me here for a year, or school, at college, university. But I, wanna, I, I want this to be my church. I, I, I want people to know that I'm a part of this group. I'm willing now to realize there's no perfect church in this island. This is the best what we've got going right now. And I'll make a commitment to it. And we're going to grow together. I want to do that. How about some of you? Will you become a member of God's unique community by growing in your knowledge and your likeness of Christ? So it's more than just signing on some dotted line and going to some new member's class and getting a certificate. It's more than that. It's a commitment to grow to become like Him. Will you become a member of that kind of growing, unique community? We are. And finally, will you become a faithful member of God's universal community and become a part of of that in such a way that you want to share that message? There are people all over the island that need Christ. And we've got wonderful opportunities here with No Fright Kids Night coming up. Events almost galore besides just to sit down and share with them your personal salvation testimony or a simple, clear gospel tract. But be a part of a universal church where they might not come to this location, but they can be a part of God's family because you led them to Christ. How many of you would like to have prayer because you want to be part of building a community of Christ? And when I say that, it's really God who builds it. But you're, you're partnering with Him. You're, you said, Lord, let me be your hands and, and, and feet and, and mouth on this island. I want to do this for you. Let me be a part of what you're doing here. How many of you would like to have prayer? Would you slip up your hand? Amen. Amen. If you're looking for a local group and you want to be a part of that, put it on the card and we'll talk to you later. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for the worship, the time of testimonies, what we hear that you're going to do. We're trusting you to do that. But right now, Lord, help us now to mentally and appropriately be a part of a community that's being built by God, by Christ, on the foundation of Jesus Christ, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Help us not to be one that's destructive but that we would be one that would be constructive in building this. Lord, thank you for this church and Lord, I love these people so much. They're so such great. I wish everybody on this island would at least know these people because if they did, they would know how wonderful you are because our people love you with all their heart, soul, and mind. And perhaps in some measure, we can touch their life for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.